Offscript with Trish Glose, intimate interviews and conversations with interesting people. And in front of my microphone today is local actor, Brandy Carson. Hello. Hello. I met you a couple weeks ago yep. at the Friends of the Animal Shelter fundraiser. Yes. You were, I was emceeing, you were doing the auction. Yeah. Hi. And you were cracking me up. <laughs> Good. So the the bar is high this morning. <laughs> you're gonna, you're, I know we're gonna laugh a lot today. Um, so talk to me a little bit about. Um, we're gonna talk about acting because you actually did two seasons with OSF, Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Yeah. When was that? Long time ago. Now I'm an old lady, you know. Um, 1990 and 1992, and I had just gotten here. Okay. From LA the year before. Okay. And you're turning 84 in a few days. I am. That's amazing. Turning, spinning, wildly out of control at 84. I like it. All right, we're going to talk about acting, like I said, in a little bit. First of all, tell me where you're from originally. Born in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. Nice. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't nice. <laughs> when was this? What, what decade are we talking here? 1934. 1934, you were born yeah. in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Wow. So, of course, Brooklyn's changed a lot. It's very trendy now, and all that. I haven't been back to Brooklyn in many, many, many years. I still have friends in New York. Uh, so, I grew out in the suburbs. I grew up. The family grabbed us and moved us out to Nassau County, away from New York City, over the border. When was this? In 1939. Okay, so you were just a little, a little thing. A little punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we lived in, uh, you know, like anybody else would tell you. It was a, like a, a peaceful, quiet, suburban thing. Rode the Long Island Railroad into New York and back. Walked across a couple of farms to get to PS13. Uh, nice. With my girlfriends. Of course. And ate bologna sandwiches with mayo. Oh, now Yuck. you're talking. No, Yuck. not yet. I oh, love bologna what sandwiches. What am I doing here with somebody like you? <laughs> well, I'm from, I'm from South Carolina. We love bologna sandwiches with mayo. God, I should have known this in advance. <laughs> you should have. You would have been out. Um, how, so how long yeah. did you live in Nassau County? So I graduated high school there. Oh, okay. And then went uh, to uh, college in Massachusetts and uh, met a guy, of course. <laughs> and um, I was a budding little actress, speech drama major at my very proper school. And he was a jazz musician. Mm. So, of course, <clears throat> I went away every summer, either wait, waited tables in the Catskills, and then I did summer theater on Cape Cod. And he had a trio in a bar that we all went and drank in after the shows, of course. So, I met him, and this was before my senior year in school, and it was like, God, women in the 50s were so beige. We were all so beige. That's what I call us. Uh, I grew up in a mashed potatoes and peas kind of house. Everything was just very... Vanilla. Uninteresting, mm -hmm. as I look back. And so there was this guy, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was going to do after I graduated because people in my school all grabbed guys from... 
I don't know, other, other schools, Williams, Yale, Amherst, and they all wanted diamonds on their fingers senior year in their Bermuda shorts. They could tool around the campus. That was not me. You didn't want that a diamond. That was not me. No. I was already sneaking drinks into my dorm room. You know, <laughs> I, I did not belong there. Well, what were you, what were you like um, as a child? What was your childhood like? Well, I have to use the word normal, I guess. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I look back and think, because every once in a while I have to talk about my life, and um, my safe place was always in my room. I was always in my room, alone. That was the only place I felt comfortable, in my house. Hmm. At school, I was galvanized into action because that was okay out there. Okay. So I did all the extracurricular things in the world. I mean, hockey and knee pads and drama club and newspaper and, you know, all that stuff. Um, very busy out there, but in my house, I didn't feel safe. Not for any, it was just me. I did not feel safe. Nothing wrong with my family. Mm -hmm. They were doing the best they could do. Do you have siblings? A five-year uh, brother who's five years younger. Okay, so you were the oldest. Yeah. Okay. Oldest of two. He he is turned into a total recluse downtown Los Angeles, and I have my turgid history, and you know, so we came out of this little normal suburban paradise, mm -hmm. and we're very screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> you and everybody else. Yeah. And yes, I was not alone. Uh, tell me about the jazz musician. What happened with him? So there is Ham Carson, jazz musician in Boston, and uh, and uh, oh boy, I want, latched onto him, grabbed him, and so senior year, I was at an all-girls school in Western Massachusetts with oh very strict boy. rules. Yeah, very strict. Mm -hmm. it, you you couldn't get out of there, and certainly guys couldn't. I mean, mm -hmm. and that was going on in the fifties. So. So we we saw each other on vacations, holidays, Christmas, stuff like that. And we we decided I I don't know who decided we decided we'd get married. So you and put we, a ring on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did it. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you guys have kids? Yes. Okay. <laughs> How many? I have a daughter. Okay. <clears throat> she lives down in Oakland. She's sixty now, and um, but. Uh, the marriage didn't last, and I didn't last in the marriage or as a mother. I should never have been married, and I should never have been a mother. Why do you say that? I, I fell apart. Mm -hmm. I just really fell apart. How so? Of course, a lot of alcohol. Right. So a lot of it was alcohol, uh, an addiction to alcohol. Yeah, started early. Okay. And, and... The requirements of being a mother were something uh, I was totally terrified. I used to hide in her crib with her uh, if people would knock on the door. Hmm. I mean, I, I couldn't, couldn't be there, and so I left. Where do you think that comes from? Where do you think that came from? Or is it just something that struck you as odd at the time, or was it normal at the time? I was just such a scared little girl at 22 mm -hmm. that I... I I don't know. I just kept running and drinking and running and drinking right. and trying to maintain a facade. Always. There are pictures of me with the daughter. Right. Uh, looking like this is the happiest pairing in the world. Sure. And it wasn't. 
Well, you know, I, I do think not everyone is meant to have children. I think so, too. But We're it not was all cut not out an for acceptable it. way to be in 1957, no. 58. It was very normal to have children and be normal parents and whatever normal yeah. means. So you, you left. And my ex-husband turned out to be the trooper of the group. I mean, he was such a good guy. He died very recently, but he was always just a wonderful man. Mm -hmm. I was not equipped for any of that. And that's the jazz musician. Okay. His parents were very intimidating to me. His dad taught at uh, the Wharton Business School in Philadelphia. His mom was a lawyer and a published author of books. And, and, and they just scared, scared the hell out of me. Did you feel like you weren't good enough? Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. It's hmm. my mantra. Well, Had to do a lot of work on that. Oh, I'm sure. So you said you ended up leaving. I ended up leaving because I got a call one day from somebody with a theater, a summer theater, who said, Brandy, I'm running this season down in Ocean City, Maryland. Do you want to come? You might be my leading lady. And I just said, sure, when do you want me? I didn't give any thought to the baby in the crib. Really? Or the man who had, we had gone down to Philadelphia to be near his parents, and he was going to go back to school and was back in school. Mm -hmm. uh, he's total responsibility. And I just figured, well, he'll take care of the baby. And it's not all that far from Philadelphia to Maryland. And I, you know, I just was off in dreamland and went to work, mm -hmm. went to the theater. What happened after that summer? They came to visit a couple of times. Okay. But I had latched on to a really falling down CD alcoholic stage manager. And mm -hmm. I went off with him. And do, do you feel like, I mean, and I think I know the answer to this question, Alcohol took over your life. Yes. How long? I was almost 40 when I got sober, so. Wow. That's all mm -hmm. those years. Um, were there several rock bottom points, or was it just sort of a functioning lifestyle that you had? I was born up in a very proper, appropriate way. Daddy was a banker, never missed a day of work in 62 years, you know. My mother was a very critical Irish woman who took very good care of, had a lot of rules and regulations and get right. up things to do kind right, of woman. Right. And, uh, and so I had a lot of that in me and mm -hmm. still do. I mean, I am a good worker. I don't miss days at work. I do show up. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of good advice things. Uh, suit up and show up. You just do oh, it. Oh, I like that. You know? yeah. yeah, I do too. Um, so I had a lot of training to always, even though I was terrified and drank a lot, uh, I was very, we all, all of us drinkers, try to manage it. Mm -hmm. We try to chemically analyze how much we, it's, it's quite a hard job to maintain some kind of respectability mm. because I had to look respectful. I mean, I had to. And, uh, and I had to support myself. And I had a lot of strange jobs. Mm -hmm. and, but I had to be there and I had to do it, and I did. So I had to. You had to make it work. I had to make it work. Yeah, mm -hmm. it just got harder and harder and harder and harder. harder, yeah. harder, harder. So when did, you, when did the point hit where you were like, it's time. I need to stop. It's, I never said it's time. That happened to me. 
You know, okay. it just, it's like I didn't make any kind of rational <laughs> statement like that. I, uh, the first time I got sober was the first time something came along that I really cared about, that I could remember, that there was an audition in San Francisco for uh, a really good theater company. And for some reason, I wanted to do that. But I knew there was no way I could do that the way I was. Mm. So you wanted something more than you wanted a drink? At that moment. Okay. And I belonged to a workshop in L.A. I mean, I, I hung out with some actors and everything, and a couple of them were uh, sober mm -hmm. and went to AA. And I grabbed uh, my friend Shirley and said, I want to do this. I don't know how. I don't do that. So I... Went to AA meetings for 30 days, during which time I worked on the piece, I went to my job, I went to the workshops, I did everything I was supposed to do, and I got on an airplane and I did the audition. And, <laughs> and <clears throat> got on the plane, came back, but that was the motivator. I didn't get cast, I didn't get asked to go to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. uh, but just doing that, meeting that challenge was not enough. I thought it might be, but it wasn't, because Mommy and Daddy came to visit from mm. the East Coast, mm. and they walked in the door. Dad had a bottle of gin. They always have two drinks before dinner. That's all. And he gave me the gin and said, would you put this in the refrigerator? And it never made it to the refrigerator. Mm. It made it to me. Right. So that started me back, and it took three months to eventually get sober, for, which is my sobriety day. It's 44 years. Holy cow. Yeah, holy good cow. Good for you. Yeah, very good for me. Very, very love good for you. Love it. You do? Yeah, love it. I've had two very different lives. Mm -hmm. And so, so what that means isn't much, except to me it's interesting. And also, it makes me very empathetic with anybody mm -hmm. that's out there. Right. You really have. You kind of started over at that point. I did. I had to learn who I was. I, I say there was no brandy in here, you know, my insides. There was no brandy here. And it was only by, I went to lots of meetings every mm -hmm. single day. I didn't know what else to do with myself. Mm -hmm. Just without alcohol, I did not know. Mm -hmm. I discovered Baskin Robbins, however. <laughs> Need all those flavors. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it became I, a new vice. Something had to go in there because mm -hmm. I stopped drinking and smoking at the same time. Oh boy. And that. Oh, thank God I did. Yeah. Smoking's nasty to give up. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, I've heard it's. It's pretty horrible. Horrible. Um, so, what did you discover about yourself then? I had to do so much work mm -hmm. to get over the little girl fears. I had to do so much work. It's such a long, slow process. Yes, Alcoholics Anonymous has 12 steps. And yes, I did those with, I did appropriate things as I could over the years. But I kept one day at a time not picking up a drink. And eventually, you can do it. Mm -hmm. You can do that. You don't have to think about it so much. But what, just, it's a gradual, they call it, Peeling the onion, and that's really what it is. It's taking all those layers mm -hmm. off the onion till you're left with this little core. And I'm pretty damn there. Mm -hmm. I'm there. 
You like that core? I've learned to like it. I have. That's awesome. Yeah. Have to remind myself sometimes, though. I think we all do. Have I think to we revert to bad behavior in a hot minute. Yeah, I think we all have to remind ourselves why we should like us, why we should love us on the inside. And I it's not always easy. No, and I think we need help from others. We need help from the outside. Mm -hmm. People need to tell each other mm -hmm. more often, you did such a good job. Mm -hmm. You were good there. Don't mm -hmm. worry about it. You were good. Just yeah. live with that. Or I like this about you. Or you do this really well. Yes. Yeah, we do. More and more of that. Mm -hmm. We'd change the world if we did that. I agree. I think if we gave, if we did something positive, said just, just words, really, you know, if we just really said something positive about the people closest to us or even strangers, you know, like that night that I met you, we had this lovely conversation at the table and I said, you were fabulous and hilarious. I mean, that... That makes you feel good. I loved it. Yes, <laughs> I need that. I mean, yeah. I've never done that before. Yeah, I and need that too. <laughs> I need that in my life too. Yeah. So you're not alone there. Um, so you were living out at Calif living in California when you got sober for yes. real. Yes, in okay. Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, yeah. acting down there. Uh yes. Okay. Uh no big things because mm -hmm. for half of my time in L.A., I was still drinking and. Uh, <laughs> it's hard enough if you're centered and focused right. to do that dance you have to do down oh, there. Oh boy, I can't even imagine. Like I, I haven't done, I've done theater, like just small like community theater, which is something that I absolutely love doing. But I think it's definitely, it's a bug, you know, it, it, it bites you and you just, you don't really ever get rid of it if it's something that you truly enjoy doing. Um, well, I call it a gift. That's my gift. And I don't mean mm -hmm. that in an arrogant way. Not at all. Not at it's all. It's like some people could do plumbing really well. It's not me. I can do acting. Mm -hmm. And and it's like, uh, yeah, it, it does. It's my safe place Yeah. up on the stage. It's my safe place. No. Well, you, you are good at it. I can tell just you being on the stage, you're very good at it. What kind of things, acting jobs, did you do in L.A.? In L.A., I belong to this... Uh, uh, Theater East, there's a lot of actors in L.A. all looking for the same jobs. Yep. So, I mean, we have to do something to stay remotely sane and that, you know, so we get together, have little groups and workshops and sometimes produce a small play mm -hmm. or something. So I did Theater East, met a lot of great people, but that kept me in touch with the theater, mm -hmm. but also did some other equity waiver plays. I, I, I certainly belong to all the unions. But uh, they allowed us to, in 99-seat theaters unless if you're a union member, to do mm -hmm. certain things. Because it's a good way for, to get casting directors to come and see you mm -hmm. perform. Well, I don't think there's anything, um, again, being in a theater, first of all. There's nothing like rehearsal to me for a play, a My new play. My favorite thing. Me too. The theater's dark. Everyone's just kind of chill. You know, you're blocking a play. You're this is where you stand for this line, and then you're going to walk over here for this line. There's nothing like that. Nothing. It's just so... Well, that's where the good work is. Yes. That's where you get you. You can figure out things about the person you're mm -hmm. supposed to be. You can, you can, you make sense of it all. You make mm -hmm. sense of it all so that you can go out and give it to people. Live. And get... I want you to get those feelings that right. I'm having up here. Right. Yeah. And it's, I had a director tell me once, don't act, react. It's all about reacting. Listening, listening, mm -hmm. listening. Yeah. I know. That's, so when did you come up to 
Southern Oregon? Cause I oh, know that was just so fun. Yeah? I was sober. How did that start? I was sober 10 years, and I was alone in my seedy little Hollywood place. <laughs> and I was thinking, God, 10 years, and I'm still typing lists in an office. I was, I was 50, I guess. I was, I was 50 mm -hmm. years of age. I was typing lists in an office where they let me keep a thing of hot rollers and a very beige outfit because when you get calls to go out for commercials, mm -hmm. it's fast. The agent calls, can you be at, boop, at, in like an hour and a half? Right. Sure, you say, race for the hot rollers right. do, and do the drill and leave. And I had this job, this great guy hired me to do this because he liked me and, and he allowed me to, you know, answer these calls, come mm -hmm. out, blah, mm -hmm. blah. So, but that, you walk into a room and everybody ha looks like you and and it's such a crapshoot those commercial things <laughs> i was so depressed with it all i got a couple of nationals which mm -hmm. were great because you mm -hmm. could collect unemployment for a year with those right once again trying to support myself this tough and um but i was thinking i have god i've been sober 10 years there's something wrong with this picture i'm still doing this i'm not and I was starting to like myself. Mm -hmm. I was starting to say, you've got to have something else to offer. What is it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I act. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth? And then I got cast in a play. And just before one of the performances, it was downtown, I was backstage, which was really another theater, it doesn't matter. And I fell off a stage backstage, there oh, was also a stage, fell off no. and really wrecked my leg. Of course, the show went on. Of course, the show must go on. Use it, just use your pain and agony and inability to move and mm -hmm. go out there. And I did. And then uh, this wom woman I had started keeping company with, that was a change, um, <laughs> picked me up and off to the emergency, but I was out of that show. I was in bed in a huge big cast, pissed off. Um, and a friend called and said, hi, listen, I have a friend who's starting a treatment center in Glendale, and she's just the sweetest little woman. She's from Texas, and her name is Polly Pistol. <laughs> I said, would you get off this phone? <laughs> she said, no, it's Polly Pistol, and she's hiring people to work at the treatment center. And why don't you send her a business resume? I said, I'm an actor. I don't have a business <laughs> resume. <laughs> anyway, long story short. Right. Uh, I called Polly Pistol because a light bulb went off. Oh, this is too circumstantial to ignore. Mm -hmm. And I said who I was, and I didn't have. And she said, well, honey, you just come on over and see me. And damn if I won't. And I uh, had a little Volkswagen bug and a big cast yes. on my leg. And I just drove myself over anyway. I love it. And I saw her. And I ended up going, keeping that job, typing lists, going to school at night, to become a certified drug and alcohol counselor because I wow. knew there isn't anything I I know this I've been sober ten years mm -hmm. uh, there are things I know now mm -hmm. and so I go to school took a state exam and had to the hardest thing was going to my agents commercial agent and legit agent 
and saying a decision for myself that yeah. was fast. That and was I not canceled, acting. Canceled appointments a few times, finally had to go and say, I'm going to just hang it up. I'm going to go do this. And they couldn't have been more excited for me. Oh, good. You know, they were very excited, which helps make you think you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I was, uh, we, we formed a team to be at the treatment center. Mm -hmm. And we were in training, and I get a phone call. And it's, for God's sake, a director of a movie. This has never happened. And he said, Brandy, Brandy, I know you. Um, I want to hire you to. And there was my chance to back out of the legit job and okay. just go and do probably something very inconsequential in a movie. And I said to him, I forget his name. Oh, you would recognize it. Um, you know what? You know where I am. I'm here in the basement of a hospital in training to be a thing. And once again, he was so excited for me, making this change to go mm -hmm. back to school mm -hmm. and do something I could do. And so that was corroboration. I'm in the right place, doing the right thing. So you didn't do the movie. Didn't. Wow. I mean, that's kind of we could look back in your early 20s when you went and left your family to do this summer theater. Here is something very similar. You're going on this path. Oh, good point. You know? And you didn't leave. <clears throat> I didn't leave well, as long as we lived in L.A. And I remember walking out to the parking lot of this treatment center one night, and suddenly it was like another light bulb goes off. Mm -hmm. I feel of value hmm. was the phrase that came to me. And I did. Well, it was because, your something to offer. Because I, I was doing this work with freebasers from Lockheed and all, all the people that came and just had to learn how to do that job. Had to learn. It was very hard to learn how to mm -hmm. do that job and not take everything personally when they leave the place and go mm -hmm. right out and pick up. Well, I, I, I could see you actually being an amazing drug and alcohol counselor just based on your humor. It got, be it got better. Did I had it? to get over the fear. Yeah, and the insecurity. Exactly. exactly. And I was only there three days a week. Uh, and graveyard shift and strange out. I mean, it, I had to work my way into a. But then we moved to Oregon. Okay. Southern Oregon first or? Yeah. Okay. I came up to visit an old actress drinking buddy friend of mine who grabbed some guy in San Francisco and moved to whatever Phoenix, <laughs> Oregon was. <laughs> and by that time, I was living with a woman. And we came up to Oregon. I had to see what my friend Maureen was up to. Mm -hmm. And she lived here, and she took us to a matinee at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Oh, did you just have hearts in your eyes? They needed a forklift to get me out of the Bomer Theater. <laughs> I couldn't. I was sobbing. I really missed being up there. Oh, I'm sure. It's my place. Mm -hmm. I also needed to make some money. So I went to, I finally, finally had to go to work, and uh, the only job I could find was cold calling people all over the country selling pears for Pinnacle Orchards, which was, mm -hmm. 30 years ago, one of the biggies with Harry and David. Mm -hmm. and, and I went to work for Pinnacle Orchards doing a job I said, even as an actor, I will never do call. Tell, oh my God, that is sick. Here I was starting a new <laughs> life in a phone bank over mm -hmm. a bank in Phoenix. And so you you auditioned, I'm assuming. But I 
got involved in doing some theater work in Ashland. Okay. Uh, and two people from the festival came to see a show I was in. Mm-hmm. And they called me. Ooh, that feels <laughs> good. Oh, it was great. It was so great. And it wasn't much of a, of a thing, but they'd see me. They knew they knew I had something, mm -hmm. and so I went to work in 1990 there, and then went back in 1992. <laughs> but that was it. Uh, there were there were a lot. Shirley Patton, my good friend Shirley, and Dee Maskey. I mean, they these these ladies were well entrenched there. Mm -hmm. And how many old ladies got, well, at that time I was younger, but still, but that age range, how many can they use? And, but in the meantime, I'd met a million people around here of, of whom, you know, uh, I, I ended up working everywhere there is a place to work here, mm -hmm. and making some films and, and doing some commercials mm -hmm. for Mike McCoy. And, and so I, I, did, I was working all the time. I was also working uh, working. I finally got a job drug and alcohol counseling again for the Rogue Valley Arc, but I worked part-time mm -hmm. so I could do my Shakespeare, you know, I'd mm -hmm. work part-time, I'd race home to the mountains, down, do the show, base. I was quite a little hot rod. Oh, you're still quite a little hot rod. years ago, wow. Yeah, you're still quite a little hot rod. <laughs> and so you really, um, I would say this is kind of, you've made this home for you. Well, it is home. Mm -hmm. I consider myself Every time I complain about, there are too many people moving in, too many big houses in Ashland, too many bleh, bleh, bleh. And then I'll go somewhere and I'll fly in here. Oh, I know. And go, would you just shut the whining up? <laughs> <laughs> How did you get so lucky for Brooklyn mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. and, and we spent nine years up on the Green Springs. You know, I had seven, eight acres of trees. Uh, of course, I've... Uh, God, I'm scared for them. Um, and and I had to learn how to, like, work a wood stove. What? <laughs> Studded tires? That is so butch. Yeah. I am not going there. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I didn't listen to a word anybody said about black ice and all right. this stuff. It went into the cliff. Oh, you know, I had to Brandy. call a tow truck. So, you know, I have to learn through traveling. Yeah. Error and hard well, and time. you you moved up here with your partner. You guys have been together how long? Thirty three years. That's pretty impressive. Oh, we're too old and tired to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So sobriety. Uh, I got curious about women. Uh, I'd always had relationships with men, and. Mm, I can't generalize about it. I was drinking through most of it, you know. It, it wasn't like right. right home to mom about this one. Right. Um, but somewhere along the line, I thought, God, maybe, you know, and there are a lot of gay women in AA, and I thought, well, maybe, I don't know. I got curious. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, this is okay. And they loved me. I was a little actress. How could they not? <laughs> How could they not love you? So... That's the way it's been. <laughs> well, we were, before we, uh, we're going to wrap up a little bit, but before we got started, my, one of my reporters, our morning anchor here, Mike Marut, um, yeah. was <clears throat> setting up our camera for us, and you guys were talking about egos, because he, we always joke with him that he has a pretty big ego, but. Oh, so he said. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying you have a fairly big ego as well, or? 
Well, he said, how did you two, how did you and oh, Trish? Okay. And I said, well, and I don't know, I just went through a, a quick thing about what we were doing at the fundraiser. He right. knew what I was talking about. And, and he said, he, she must have done a pretty good sales job. I said, oh, it doesn't take much. I've got a very nice. big ego. Okay, that's where it came from. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. If someone's like, you know, can I put you on stage? Can I put you in front of a microphone? Yeah. Done. I done. guess. Yeah. What do you want me to wear? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, Brandy, we're going to move on to our final three. Uh, best advice you've ever been given? Oh, all right. I prepped you on this I one. have a list. Okay, but I'm I not love going, a list. Well, I'll give you some of the highlights. Please. And sitting in yoga class this morning, the perfect one came to mind. Aww. The one that I remember making uh, the kind of impact where you're in the middle of a sentence and somebody says something and you just have to stop everything you're doing and clear your mind and take those words in. Mm -hmm. Wear the world like a loose garment. Ooh. So that was very important to me. It certainly means a lot of different, there are layers here. Sure. But I mentioned that I had discovered Baskin Robbins. <laughs> I'd always had a thing with weight. Hmm. Uh, not now, of course, but I always, always diet, always so preoccupied with my weight. So going through everything that people do and, and, and sizes and tightness and trying to get into the too tight jeans thing. I'd done that. And then in sobriety, I'd started to eat a lot because I needed something. Yeah. And, and so wear the world like a loose garment seemed like so heavenly. It also seemed like, yes, relax. Mm -hmm. Just relax, let it happen. Mm -hmm. Be in the moment. Be in the moment. All mm -hmm. those good things. And, and, um... Action is the magic word is also important to me. It's really easy for me to just think about everything, mm -hmm. make lists and everything, but not like just do it. Mm -hmm. So action is the magic word is great and half measures availed us nothing. That's out of the big book of AA. And half measures availed us nothing is also very important. I don't slide by doing half measures anymore. You know, if I can't keep a commitment, I won't make a commitment hmm. just to try to please you. You know, I, I, I won't. I've had to learn that. Right. Because I want to be liked and blah, 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 crap. And, you know, there's just, oh, here's another really good one. If we have time, we probably don't. Well, we do have that. time. We have all the time. Another thing that I was reading, uh, I used to uh, go to a, like a meeting at night in my little Volkswagen, and L.A. was great. I didn't ever have to get close to anybody in the beginning because there are millions of meetings. It's, L.A. is so vast, and I had a car. So, you know, I'd go somewhere, I'd get home, I'd feed the cat, I'd go to bed. Right. And, you know, please don't let me get up and do anything else. Just stay <laughs> in bed. But I, I always am a reader, and, mm -hmm. and so I read, and I was reading one book, a book about somebody, can't remember, but he said, if it's not easy, it's impossible. Mm. And that was another huge thing for me. It's like desperately trying to make things work. Just running across the street to the Savon drugstore, insisting they have this color lipstick because I like it. And insisting, insisting, no, I'll go to another store. And, you know, all really looking for this. 
rather than just saying, well, what's close? Right. So that was the way I was a lot, just mm -hmm. make, trying to make things mm -hmm. rather than wearing the world like a loose garment and saying, well, we're going to do something else here. Right. And then there's another one you mentioned earlier, suit up. Suit up and show up. I That's like on that the one. List. I like that yeah. one, too. Just do it. All right. Um, if you were ever to leave this place, uh, Southern Oregon, what would bring you back here? What would you miss the most? My connections, my people, mm -hmm. my people are here. I always wanted to go to the water. I've wanted to live near the water. I'm a Cancerian person, you know, just water sign. Um, but then I think about leaving. I could, mm -hmm. but I think about leaving, especially older, leaving connections, leaving people I'm going to need, but not just the need. but. I have gotten away from being that scared little frightened girl whose only safe place was up on a stage to being quite chatty, as you can tell. I love being with my friends. Yeah. Having coffee, 10.30 in the morning, mm -hmm. great thing to do. Mm -hmm. Just a great thing to do. I get fed by my people. I don't want to have to start all over again for that. But, but here, it's the trees. Mm. I'm so, so sad when we have these fires. I know. For many reasons. But the trees, I love the trees. Awesome. And then I also half prepped you on this because I told you I didn't want to come across as a jerk. But last meal, last drink, what would it be? I always think about a steak. Mm. You and me both. Nice, good Good cut of beef is really nice. Uh, and green tea. Mm. I like, for those of those of you not watching, the eyes were closed during this answer. Yeah. You were see, really pulling it from somewhere. Seeing the blood <laughs> run out of the... I love see. it. I love it. Um, I drive a Volkswagen too, by the way. I loved my Volkswagen. And so, then I got a Golf and pumped my own biodiesel in Phoenix. Look at it's you. a pump thing. Then I had to give it up. I now have an orange Subaru. Okay. And I have the shoes to match. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and you like it, please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps other people find us. We're also on Google Play. You can check out the video portion. And for this one, I suggest that you do on KTBL.com. Just click on features and then off script. Brandy Carson, I want you to come back because I feel like you have a lot more stories to tell. Oh, I do. Okay. Will you come back and talk sure. to me? Sure. All right. It's been a pleasure today. It's such a pleasure for me, honey. Great way to start my day after, hey. after yoga.